foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So scripture is enough and equal to what is required for a person to live life. The only book that God ever wrote was the Bible. Right. Now, you know, we have many popular authors today that are good. Uh, They may have written a hundred books, but you know, God Almighty was able to give everything that he wanted to us as we walk here this 70, 80, possibly 90 years in one book that establishes our foundation, establishes who he is, and then he tells us everything that we need to know about living life here. But many people get discouraged because he doesn't tell them everything. And then they get to where they doubt the word of God. But he does tell us everything we need to know on how to live here if we're looking at the principles. So why is it that Christians are deciding that the scriptures aren't enough? Sharon, that's a very good question, and and I'm going to give you a simple, basic answer. I'm sure it can go deeper than this, but uh, the scriptures call us into accountability. Ah. And our culture and our society is saying, no, we want to be our own God. One of the places in the scripture, it says in Judges 21, 25, that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And if that's not a declaration of where we are again today, we are cycling again through history, which many people want us to eliminate, because if we don't have any history, then we can set up our own new history according to the mindset of the enemy rather than the mindset of Christ. A few years ago, people wanted to do away with the blood that is listed in the scriptures because it was too gory and it was disturbing to have to read about the blood being shed on the cross. So there were some versions that just eliminated the blood. And now we have more recently people who are now saying that they need to eliminate the sin out of the Bible. Oh, great. All right? Okay. Because sin puts us under such heavy guilt, and it causes us to have to go back and deal with what the Lord said in the, in the Scriptures starting in Genesis. And so mm-hmm. best that we just rewrite the Bible. Now, I've also recently found that bookstores no longer are going to sell Bibles because they create controversy. So now we are not going to sell them because we want to be of one mind. Of course, that one mind is not the mind of God. And so now we're just not going to sell Bibles. Right now, the average person uh, with certain convictions 
is trying to find the Bible to understand the Bible because their boat is being rocked. Right. Their foundation is shook. They're seeing a violence in our nation that has never been witnessed by anybody who is currently living on planet Earth. Right. And now if they cannot find any hope, refuge, comfort, stability, foundation, because Bibles are becoming obsolete... And so, so let's just go to some of the uh, tenets that we're talking about, or we can call them highlights about what the scriptures do proclaim. Okay. And the Bible says that it's faith and faith alone that one must have in their life if they're going to have a foundation. We also know that the Bible says that the word of God is life. And we can go into that more today right. on exactly how the life is expressed. Well, you know, in, in Hebrews 4.12 there, it says that it's living and powerful. And being living and powerful is what we're looking for. I mean, as, as human beings, we're looking for something that will give us life, something that we can stand on and, and be assured of. And it's like we're looking in all the wrong places. Well, and we we must have something that's authoritative, and the Bible is authoritative, and now we're seeing our culture trying to tear down everything that is authoritative uh-huh. and set up a new regime that is, again, when every man does what's right in their own eyes. And if you want to go back and read history, you realize that when a, a nation or a person or a group of people do that, they will go into a bondage Mm-hmm. that brings them into a destruction as a society. Right. So then we can just pose the question, and who might be the author of where we are going today? But as we talk about the faith and faith being one of the final authorities, the Word of God standing alone as authority, and then that Jesus Christ had everything given to him as the final authority and the final judge uh, as we proceed forward to make history, all right? Okay. And so these three great truths must be accepted if we are going to be able to have a basis for the scriptures being our sufficiency. And if we refute that, whether we're a believer or an unbeliever, whether we want to compromise, Sharon, why don't you just restate the percentages of the latest poll by the Gallup Research Group? Gallup poll showed that only 24% of Christians believe that the Bible is sufficient for their lives, that it is without error. That it has truth, but that it doesn't uh, have all truth. Well, that's the 76% that that, that um, believe it has truth, but, but it's just not all truth. Right. There's only 24% that believe the Bible in totality. So now you can see where within the body of Christ there can be contentions and divisions, mm-hmm. which uh, I know has been very well defined in the first book of Corinthians. So we know that, that this, what we see in our nation, can come into our own family. Right. And so we have to learn how to contend for the faith that we have. So let's go ahead and why don't you just read Second uh, Peter 1, 3, because okay. that is a powerful verse. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. All right. So then he confirms here in Second Peter 1, 3 by Peter, who was inspired by the Lord, uh, that we have everything that we need. 
So let's go in and make a little bit of a distinction on tenets of what we need without making assumptions from our own reasoning. And the first one is that the scriptures are adequate. Now, how are they adequate? Well, that word probably needs a little defining, Janie, because when you say something is adequate, it can have a negative connotation. Uh, we have a, a current thing for adequate as being, well, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, right. All right. But adequate means that this particular thing is being used for its intended purpose. And so it is sufficient in the fact that it meets everything that is necessary to make it adequate for why we need it. Right. And then, Sharon, I love the word complete. Complete just means it's everything. And even the number seven in Scripture, when something has a number seven equation with it, it means it's complete. Yeah. It has served its purpose. All right? Complete means that there's nothing lacking. There you go. And in Colossians 2, 9 and 10, it says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in a bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. So the basic meaning is to fulfill or accomplish. Now we need to understand that we won't know the fullness of our completeness until we see Jesus Christ face to face. Right. But to know that we have everything that we need to live life, that we are complete, that there's nothing that's going to come up that by knowing Jesus Christ, God Almighty, by knowing the scriptures, that we will come up and say, oh dear, what do I do? What do I do? Right. So if we know the scriptures and we're relying on them and their sufficiency, then we won't be overwhelmed. And you know, Sharon, let me just, a verse just pops into my mind. And because of the turmoil that people are living with in a, in a daily basis, I just want to give you one little scripture uh, from Psalms 94. Okay. And this is so simple. But 94, 19 says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. So here is the psalmist talking back to sovereign God and admitting that there's multitude of anxieties of where they're living right now, but the comfort that he could get from knowing what God Almighty had said to him brought comfort to his soul, brought quietness, brought settledness. Maybe somebody's just saying, but you girls aren't talking about what we're up against right now. You don't know the hell that's coming upon us. Well, the Lord knew, and he also knew it in Psalms 94. So the psalmist is saying, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of sin? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. If I say, My foot slips, I'm going down, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of all my anxieties inside of me, your comfort delights my soul. Mm. Now that should bring some settlement to some hearts to say, well, maybe the word is sufficient. I just don't know where to go to find it. Right. And you won't find it in a five-minute devotional uh, once a week or in an hour sermon going to church once a week. We must become disciples. We must become learners. This must be the most important book we will ever read. And it should be since it's the only book that God ever wrote. 
And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.